Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 112. I don't know about you, but sometimes it's tempting to ignore warning labels on products. You know, you just say, ah, I don't bother read that kind of stuff. Well, our passages today uh, give us what we might call warnings of wisdom. That wisdom really means that you're somebody, if you're wise, who is willing to listen to warnings. And there's a number of different kinds of warnings in our passages today that I believe are worth listening to because they warn us about the damage that doing these things or proceeding to do these things will lead to in our lives, that it'll cause damage to our relationships with other people, damage to ourselves, and damage to our relationship with the God who made us. And so I think with a hopefully a, a, a desire in our hearts for greater wisdom, we will listen to these warnings of wisdom that God has for us today. We'll begin then with Proverbs chapter 6 and 7. My child, if you have made a pledge for your neighbor, if you have become a guarantor for a stranger, if you have been ensnared by the words you have uttered and have been caught by the words you have spoken, then, my child, do this in order to deliver yourself, because you have fallen into your neighbor's power. Go, humble yourself, and appeal firmly to your neighbor. Permit no sleep to your eyes and or slumber to your eyelids. Deliver yourself like a gazelle from a snare and like a bird from the trap of a fowler. Go to the ant, you sluggard, observe her ways and be wise. It has no commander, overseer, or ruler, yet it would prepare its food in the summer It gathered at the harvest what it will eat. How long, you sluggard, will you be lie there? When, you, when will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to relax, and your poverty will come like a robber and your need like an armed man. A worthless and wicked person walks around saying perverse things. He winks with his eyes, signals with his feet, and points with his fingers. He plots evil with perverse thoughts in his heart. He spreads contention at all times. Therefore his disaster will come suddenly. In an instant he will be broken, and there will be no remedy. There are six things that the Lord hates, even seven that are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans that are swift to run to evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who spreads discord among family members. My child, guard the commands of your father and do not forsake the instruction of your mother. Bind them on your heart continually, fasten them around your neck. When you walk about, they will guide you. When you lie down, they will watch over you. When you wake up, they will talk to you. For the commandments are like a lamp, instruction is like a light, and rebukes of discipline are like the road leading to life, by keeping you from the evil woman, from the smooth tongue of the loose woman. Do not lust in your heart for her beauty, and do not let her captivate you with her alluring eyes. For on account of a prostitute one is brought down to a loaf of bread, but the wife of another man preys on your precious life. Can a man hold fire against his chest without burning his clothes? Can a man walk on hot coals without scorching his feet? So it is with the one who sleeps with his neighbor's wife. No one who touches her will escape punishment. 
People do not despise a thief when he steals to fulfill his need when he was hungry. Yet if he is caught, he must repay seven times over. He might even have to give all the wealth of his house. A man who commits adultery with a woman lacks sense. Whoever does it destroys his own life. He will be beaten and despised, and his reproach will not be wiped away. For jealousy kindles a husband's rage, and he will show no mercy when he takes revenge. He will not consider any compensation. He will not be willing, even if you multiply the compensation. My child, devote yourself to my words and store up my commands inside yourself. Keep my commands so that you may live and obey my instruction as your most prized possession. Bind them on your forearm, write them on the tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, you are my sister, and call understanding a close relative, so that you may keep, so that they may keep you from the adulterous woman, from the loose woman who has flattered you with her words. For at the window of my house, through my window lattice, I looked out, and I saw among the naive, I discerned, I discerned among the youths, a young man who lacked sense. He was passing by the street near her corner, making his way along the road to her house, in the twilight, the evening, in the dark of the night. Suddenly, a woman came out to meet him. She was dressed like a prostitute and with secret intent. She is loud and rebellious. She does not remain at home. At one time outside, at another in the wide plazas, and by every corner she lies in wait. So she grabbed him and kissed him, and with a bold expression she said to him, I have meat from my peace offerings at home. Today I have fulfilled my vows. That is why I came out to meet you, to look for you, and I found you. I have spread my bed with elegant coverings, which with richly colored fabric from Egypt. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let's drink deeply of lovemaking until morning. Let's delight ourselves with love's pleasures. For my husband is not at home. He has gone on a journey of some distance. He has taken a bag of money with him. He will not return until the end of the month. She turned him aside with her persuasions. With her smooth talk, she was enticing him along. Suddenly, he was going after her like an ox that goes to the slaughter, like a stag prancing into a trapper's snare, till an arrow pierces his liver like a bird hurrying into a trap, and he does not know that it will cost him his life. So now, sons, listen to me, and pay attention to the words I speak. Do not let your heart turn aside to her ways, do not wander into her pathways, for she has brought down many fatally wounded, and all those she has slain are many. Her house is the way to the grave, going down to the chambers of death. There you have a bunch of warnings about uh, having sexual relationships with somebody that you're not married to, and I would say that this applies both to men and to women and it's a warning that well it might seem like an enticing and exciting idea it ultimately leads to death your own death spiritually and even at times physically in response to things that happen with those who are angered by what we've done and so god's warnings there to get wisdom to get understanding warnings against the kind of behaviors that lead to broken relationships uh, lead us then to psalm 7 a psalm of David as well that'll be described as it begins, and a psalm where David is also calling out to God about the the actions and the un- injustice that he's experiencing and that others are doing around him as well. So Psalm chapter 7. A musical composition by David, which he sang to the Lord concerning a Benjaminite named Cush. O Lord my God, and you I have taken shelter. Deliver me from all who chase me. Rescue me. 
Otherwise, they will rip me to shreds like a lion. They will tear me to bits, and no one will be able to rescue me. O Lord my God, if I have done what they say, or am guilty of unjust actions, or have wronged my ally, or helped with his lawless enemy, may an enemy relentlessly chase me and catch me. May he trample me to death and leave me lying dishonored in the dust. Stand up angrily, Lord. Rise up with raging fury against my enemies. Wake for my sake and execute the judgment you have decreed for them. The countries are assembled all around you. Take once more your rightful place over them. The Lord judges the nations. Vindicate me, Lord, because I am innocent, because I am blameless, O exalted one. May the evil deeds of the wicked come to an end, but make the innocent secure. O righteous God, you who examine inner thoughts and motives, the exalted God is my shield, the one who delivers the morally upright. God is a just judge. He is angry throughout the day. If a person does not repent, God will wield his sword. He has prepared to shoot his bow. He has prepared deadly weapons to use against him. He gets ready to shoot flaming arrows. See the one who is pregnant with wickedness, who conceives destructive plans and gives birth to harmful lies. He digs a pit and then falls into the hole he has made. He becomes the victim of his own destructive plans, and the violence he intended for others falls on his own head. I will thank the Lord for his justice. I will sing praise to the Lord Most High. And there David, I think, near the end especially, is saying something that I think uh, comes so true in our lives. Sometimes the very wicked and evil plans that people have for us or that we sometimes have for others lead us to actually fall into the very dangers that we were threatening others with, that we dig a pit and we fall into it ourselves. And that's part of what Proverbs is trying to teach us too, and God's warning us over and over again. If you think you're going to get ahead through wicked, unjust ways, if you think lying is going to get you to where you want to go, in the end, it'll be like a boomerang and come back and do damage to yourself as well. So let's conclude then today with Romans chapter 11, and we hear a different kind of warning here, a warning again of wisdom about not turning from God or not hardening your heart against God and thinking that you or me or any of us would know better than God or his ways. Romans chapter 11. So I ask, has God has not rejected his people, has he? Absolutely not. For I too am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham from the tribe of Benjamin. God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. Do you not know that the scripture, what the scripture says about Elijah, how he pleads with God against Israel? Lord, they have killed your prophets. They have demolished your altars. I, am al- I alone am left, and they are seeking my life. But what was the divine response to him? I have kept for myself 7,000 people who have not bent the knee to Baal. So in the same way at the present time, there is a remnant chosen by grace. And if it is by grace, it is no longer by works. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace. What then? Israel failed to obtain what it was diligently seeking, but the elect obtained it. The rest were hardened. As it is written, God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes that would not see and ears that would not hear to this very day. And David says, Let their table become a snare and a trap, a stumbling block and a retribution for them. Let their eyes be darkened so that they may not see, and make their backs bend continually. I ask then, did they not stumble into an irrevocable fall, did they? Absolutely not. But by their transgression, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make Israel jealous. 
Now, if their transgression means riches for the world and their defeat means riches for the Gentiles, how much more will will their full restoration bring? Now, I'm just going to pause here for a minute. Maybe you're kind of curious, what's Paul talking about here, uh, especially if you're not super familiar with the history of the church? Uh, Basically, when Jesus comes, uh, some of the Jewish people do put their faith and trust in him. After his death and resurrection, the disciples share the good news of Jesus coming back to life, that he is the Savior of the world. And all the first people of the church were Jewish. But as the word continued to spread, Gentile people, non-Jewish people began to believe. And as the word was spreading from city to city throughout the empire, the world, what often happened was some of the Jews would believe and others would resist. And increasingly, the people and the population of the church became increasingly non-Jewish, leaving basically uh, the Jews who remained hardened in their hearts, as Paul is saying, to see all kinds of wonderful things happening in the Gentile world and the non-Jewish world of people coming to faith while they stubbornly refused. And Paul's now talking about the fact that God used, in a sense, this time to show mercy to the Gentile people, even though he began with the Jewish people, to show that his message of salvation is for everybody in the world, not just the Jewish people. And yet God is not, at the same time, rejecting his, his, the Jewish people forever but there is hope for them as well. And so Paul will continue speaking about that and this relationship between the two groups. I'll continue verse 13, chapter 11. Now I am speaking to you Gentiles. Seeing that I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify my ministry. If somehow I could provoke my people to jealousy and save some of them. For if their rejection is the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? If the first portion of dough offered is holy, then the whole batch is holy, and if the root is holy, so too are the branches. Now if some of the branches were broken off, and you, a wild olive shoot, were grafted in among them and participated in the richness of the olive root, do not boast over the branches. But if you boast, remember that you do not support the root, but the root supports you. Then you will say, the branches were broken off so I could be grafted in. Granted. They were broken off because of their unbelief, but you stand by faith. Do not be arrogant, but fear, for if God did not spare the natural branches, perhaps he will not spare you. Notice, therefore, the kindness and harshness of God, harshness towards those who have fallen, but God's kindness towards you, provided you continue in his kindness, otherwise you also will be cut off. And even if they if they do not continue in their unbelief, will be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. For if you were cut off from what is by nature a wild olive tree and grafted contrary to nature into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these natural branches be grafted back into your own olive tree? For I do not want you to be ignorant of this mystery, brothers and sisters, so that you may not be conceited. A partial hardening has happened to Israel, until the full number of the Gentiles has come in. And so all Israel will be saved, as it is written, The Deliverer will come out of Zion. He will remove ungodliness from Jacob. And this is my covenant with them, when I take away their sins. In regard to the gospel, they are enemies for your sake, but in regard to election, they are dearly loved for the sake of of the fathers. For the gifts and the call of God are irrevocable. Just as you were formerly disobedient to God, but have now received mercy due to their disobedience, so they too have now been disobedient in order that by the mercy shown to you, they too may now receive mercy. For God has consigned all people to disobedience so that they 
that he may show mercy to them all. O oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable are his judgments and how unfathomable his ways! For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been his counselor, or who has first given to God that God needs to repay him? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. That ends our reading for today. And I hope as you hear these warnings of wisdom that God by his spirit will touch your heart and mind and soul to hear the warnings you need to hear and to respond to God by turning to him and seeing that he willingly and graciously gives mercy because he is that kind of loving, merciful God. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, http netbible.com, copyright 1996-2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music. You're-